Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready for this. You're literally never, ever, ever ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. Look. All right, we'll go move on then. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast Ring at Sea. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Ready for a break already, Musa. Ready for a break. <laughs> Second <laughs> podcast back with you and I'm ready for a break. You came in hot today. Wow, wow. Uh, how are you? I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. By the I'm way. very well. I'm very I saw well. you last night. What the hell? We went for dinner. I know, but things could have changed since then. We are friends in real life, believe yeah, they, yeah, exactly. We're friends in real life, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I know how you are. I caught up with you yesterday. Yeah, but I could have changed since then. So thank you for checking in and not being complacent. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> what a weekend. Yeah. Goals, goals, goals. There was goals all around Europe, actually. It was a, a very a, a goalie weekend. Yeah, it was. I was wondering what prompted that. I mean, you could argue it was maybe... Fans back. It could be that. It could be fans back. Anyway, before we get onto the football stuff, I hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Some grim stuff going on at the moment, but... Um, very grim. Very we hope grim. everyone is managing to be okay. The other day, actually, um, just specifically on the grim things... I was on Twitter the other day and I suddenly thought you could literally just tweet the names of countries mm. and everyone would know. Yeah, there's a lot going on at the moment. So if anyone's affected by any of that, I mean, I think everyone is in some degree. But um, if anyone's affected personally by that, we really hope that you're okay. Yes. Hang in there. Also, actually, before I forget on that note, they know to get hold of us. Yeah, stadiofootballgmail.com if you want to drop us an email. We've got a massive backlog of emails to get through. So apologies if you've sent us an email that required a response. And haven't got one yet. I'm going to work my way through them over the next week or so, hopefully. But yeah, apart from that, we do hope everyone's staying safe, staying well, getting vaccinated if you can. The rest of the admin, just uh, yeah, check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Uh, Righty's House will be up on Wednesday. You and Flo Lloyd Hughes making a debut. Can't wait. Yeah, if you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. And also, if you want to hear all the tunes we play out with each episode, make sure you Check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Just search for Stadio Outros and it'll be there. So today, we're going to touch on the Premier League opening weekend. We are indeed. We're going to touch a little bit on the Bundesliga. A couple of key games. Some key results already. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a little bit on a pretty wild La Liga weekend and maybe a little bit in France as well. But before we get onto that, obviously, one of the, well, one of the things that we'll, you guys will be talking about on Riot's House is the passing of Gerd Müller. Legendary German ex-Bayern Munich striker passed away sadly on Sunday morning at the age of 75. 566 goals in 607 games for Bayern. 365 Bundesliga goals, which is still a record. 68 goals for six, in 62 games for West Germany. Unreal. And probably the, the all-time German great, I think. And seemed to be loved as well. Seemed to be genuinely loved. Obviously... His Bundesliga record of 40 goals was only broken last season by Robert Lewandowski, one of the all-time legendary strikers. So really, really sad news coming out of Munich yesterday. And thoughts are with his family. Uh, we'll touch a little bit more on that on Righty's House. 
kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, man. Premier League is back with full houses. And one of the great things about this weekend, obviously watching fans back in pretty much every stadium to varying degrees, still not full houses in Spain or Germany yet. Right. But pretty much full houses in France and England. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Loud houses too. Just having fans back already has completely changed the viewing experience. Yeah. Well, I find myself walking in Berlin. I find myself walking down busier streets. If I've got a choice of a quiet one or a busy one, I walk down a busy one just because I like the energy. That's big double vaccine energy. (laughs) (laughs) Second vaccine. He's just liberated. It's like jumping in the equivalent of a bull pool. (laughs) Witness me. (laughs) No, I think the crowd is incredible. And you saw that in the specific games. We'll get to those in a moment. There were a few games where you particularly, I think, saw the effect of the crowd. Like the, the interrelationship of the players, the crowd and the, and the, uh, the coach. Yeah. You really, in, in particular games that I saw this weekend, it was pretty spectacular. As a neutral, it was pretty unbelievable seeing a packed Old Trafford with United running riot. You kind of forgot what that was like. That was very old school, actually, the United thing. Bring very out, old school. Bring out a big signing. I know. This was Announcing like, it just before and then him walking out. That this was, was like early 1990s energy. This was like very like, um, which is old by the standards of most listeners. But yeah, that was very much like and it was very analogue. It was very much like, we're in the moment, we're going to build an atmosphere. And the way that the most, what was incredible, it was so old school, but this amazing moment when Rafa Varane takes a selfie in front of the packed Old Trafford and uploads it to Instagram. Mm. And you're like, this man is genuinely delighted to be here. Well, he nearly like went, didn't he? After, yeah, um, yeah. Who was he at? Was it Lawrence, I think it was. Yeah, and, um, um, his admiration for Zidane, I think. Yeah, I mean, when Zidane gives you a phone call during yeah. your A-levels, I mean, you know. But he's a massive Rio Ferdinand yeah. fan, isn't he? Yeah. What a sign of United and a good window. I mean, I think they still need another centre midfielder, but... Yeah, they are a desirable destination now for us. Yeah, they really are. They really are. Yeah, yeah. they really are. Do you want to start with the Man United game? No, I, I actually want to start with... Um, I actually wanted to start with Spurs. Yeah, I mean, let's start with Spurs. So Spurs won City nil, winning goal from Human Son after 55 minutes. And a funny kind of way. Go on, what are you doing? What if Harry Kane, hypothetically, were to leave just at the time when Spurs had the correct configuration for his talents? Because watching Spurs against City, what I was so impressed by was not only were they absorbed defensively, but then started playing on the front foot, started playing some quite enterprising, exciting football, featuring, of course, one of my favourite things, Deli Ali as a number eight. He was kind of playing more of a 10, though. Mm, looked like an eight to me. Looked like an eight. Took the ball in the half turn. 30 yards. Listen, I'll take it. Everyone's an eight. (laughs) Everyone's an eight. No, but I would say this, that, um, you know, Spurs Spurs really impressed me. They really showed me something in this game. Don't know how you felt about it, but they absorbed the early pressure from City. I think it was 25 minutes of early pressure and City will do that to you. But then came into their own, broke intelligently, mostly kind of sort of left to right, um, which is where the goal came from in the end. Mm. And saw out the game without too much trouble. And I think this is a problem for City. Their recruitment, their need for a central striker. Ferran Torres is a wonderful footballer. Mm, he had that one glaring chance which he took yeah. with the wrong foot, didn't well, he? Well, this is the thing I was going to say. Exactly. A wonderful football. And there was a caveat to that. He is not yet, you know, that there is, there is a level of assassin that you need at the peak of the attack. Someone like... Yes, yes, that one. Someone like that guy. Someone like the guy who was not playing, um, who, who um, they are pursuing from, from Spurs. That's how I saw it. Very composed performance from Spurs. Very impressive, very well-rounded. And they do give, they do, they've traditionally given City a bit of trouble. Yeah, I mean, City haven't scored a goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Right, but this was... On the bounce. With, with, with um, Liverpool winning in style, with Chelsea looking exceptionally comfortable against the Crystal Palace. 
and United obviously rampaging against Leeds. This was not a result that Guardiola needed this early in the season. No, but also going away to Spurs on the first game of the season with a packed house as well for the first time in, what, 18 months? Yeah. Is not an easy thing to do. And I actually thought City was super impressive that first 20 minutes. I agree. They were, so, they were outstanding. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of really good opportunities. And if one of those goes in, and it's a big if, obviously, and I know it's right. hypothetical, but I think that it's a completely different game. And But it doesn't really matter ultimately. Spurs saw that out. I think even, even though City did really have them on, they kind of had them under the cosh a bit. Yes. It yeah. didn't feel like they were desperately clinging on in that first 20 minutes. It was kind of like, yeah, we know it felt a very much like we know we're under pressure but we kind of have it contained. We know the spaces we have to close. We know that Grealish is going to make the run into space. We know where Sterling's going to surge. So what was impressive actually was they didn't leap in with the tackles. Apart from the early Grealish, yeah, apart from the early Grealish um, foul on the edge of the box. Yeah. They then kind of got, they got the, it's just the balance. You know what it is with with, um, City? It's almost like you've got to allow them to hurt you to an extent, but just like, don't allow them to pierce the vital organs. So it was almost like they allowed, you know, Sterling made some great incursions into the box, but when he got into the box, they didn't leap in. They kind of not shepherded him. They were like, mm. last resort, we go in. At least shield or screen him. And I thought it was really clever defending from Spurs. Really smart. I yeah, thought. they never really, yeah. Like I think that what I meant by that before was that you never really seen them get pulled completely out of shape. Like you compare, you compare to Arsenal on Friday night, for example, and Arsenal yeah. just looked all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Whenever Brentford put any level of pressure on them. Right. Spurs, even though that, that City had, like City were really dominating the game and they had yeah. some good chances. It never felt like Spurs were kind of all over the place. And I think once they saw out that initial period, opening day of the season, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit random, the open day of the season. It's always a bit, you can get these weird results. Once City didn't take the lead, Spurs calmed down a bit. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Someone a bit hero ball. He does that now and again, though. He does. And I think and when he's, had, he's, not had, there, he's had to, he's had to. Yeah. But I think ultimately that's what the goal came from. I mean, the goal was like a very, very low percentage chance Yeah, that he absolutely buried. And he tried a couple earlier on. There's one, it's funny, there was one source. he didn't take early on and then he just decided, there's a moment early on he was almost like, do I force the issue? Then he was like, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to, because the type of run that Lucas Moura makes, Moura's a fine player, but he's not a, a playmaker. Like he, he, he creates space for others. His runs create space for others. And I think once Son clocked that, he was like, okay, I'm going to roam into the spaces. Mm. Um, but the things that hero ball, of course, is not sustainable, which is of course why they're desperate to hang on to Kane. But also if they get Martinez. Yeah, that's a game changer. That's, that changes. And actually it really suits the way I think Spurs will play under Nuno. Because we saw that Martinez, I think, was probably at his best for Inter when Inter were kind of counter-attacking and him yes. and Lukaku would split. Yeah. And they just absolutely torched teams. Yeah. Brutal. And I, th- and I think that could really, really it's suit exciting. Spurs. It's really exciting. Can I say this as well? Throw this in. Barcelona after, we'll get into this, but you know, Barca after Messi, there's life after Messi. And there's life after Kane. And I yeah, think it's always life after, yeah, you know. Yeah. And actually life after can be quite exciting. If I, if I were a Spurs fan, obviously I'm not. But looking at this, I was excited by what I saw from them. You know, I thought there's something you can build on here. There's a real base. And I thought as well, this is the classic thing. Everyone already knows exactly what they're doing, Ryan. Like I looked at this Spurs team and thought, everyone's got a role they understand. Like even, even in the fullback position, like Mares was torching Fullbacks early on. Mm. But there was composure though. There was calmness. It was almost like if you're going to beat us, you'll have to beat us with your best stuff. Yeah. Like no, nothing was easily yielded. And that was really impressive for me. And I think, you know, we talk about it also the time when a manager comes in, very often they do is they fix the back and then move forward. And we've seen this. It's already like the configuration is already looking quite, quite impressive. I think um, in terms of a psychological win, the way that the Spurs managerial search played out, I think a lot yeah. of Spurs fans would have understandably gone into the season feeling a little bit underwhelmed by right, yeah. Nuno anyway. Yeah. But I think getting such a big win first game of the season, I mean, you've seen the, compa- I don't want to keep comparing and trust- contrasting Arsenal to Spurs at the moment because I don't think there's any point. You see how much that defeat has already put Arsenal on the back foot for the season. Whilst I don't think losing at home to City would have done so, Head of a pretty tricky week if you think about it. You know, they've got their first conference league game on Thursday and then they go to Wolves. Like that, imagine how good that now that week will now be going into the conference league and then facing Wolves on the weekend. It's just like all in all, coming away from that weekend, just being like, 
we kind of handled City. I think a couple of Spurs fans may have been thinking a little bit half empty before the season and now might be having a look and being like, mm. Yeah, they could do something interesting, I think. They've got some nice pieces. To though. caveat yeah. that with, like, not that anyone should draw sweeping conclusions off the first game of the season because it never really ends well. <laughs> never, stopped, never stopped me before. <laughs> kind of on brand from, from that fixture for the last couple of seasons, but still, yeah. I think, what a way to welcome fans back. Absolutely. Big wins for Manchester United. Yes, 5-1 against Leeds United. Outstanding performance. Outstanding. Paul Popper got four assists. Yes. And Graham Sooner still wanted to have a little bit of a chat oh, about him. Embarrassing. So the range of Pogba assists, swerving ball across the ground, mm. square ball across the box, Man City style, that finish they love. The pick was probably for the first goal, the sort of the, the sand wedge. The sand wedge oh, to Bruno that. Fernandes. Yeah, that was amazing. And then just the way Fernandes turns and looks at Pogba was like, my goodness. Like, you know, from a playmaker to another, like <laughs> that was some special, some special saucy put on that. Just glorious United. And I, you look, this is the thing. I, I was probably the, the least hyped about this of my immediate friends because I was like, look, this is the thing. Leeds play open against us at Old Trafford. They did mm. this last year. Um, having said that, you know, excitement still only because Pogba playing sort of wide on the left with McTominay and Fred as a sentiment field pairing. And the funny thing is this, like, I've been critical of those two as a pairing. And I think, you know, not unfairly so. But this is something I will say. There's a really exciting thing about players carrying their international form into Premier League season. It's very early days, but Sterling looked superb against, um, actually we've got to mention Grealish. Grealish made some really good incursions, I've got to say, against Spurs. He looked really, yeah, really good. Yeah, I thought he had a good sharp. debut. Yeah. Can I say as well, the scary thing was him combining with De Bruyne. I didn't, oh, no. like, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't like that at all. I want no part of that. Anyway, yeah. but back to United. Um, Pogba was in fine form, obviously, in the Euros. He looked great again the other day. But Fred and McTominay, actually, they've been doing some pretty decent things on the national side and they're playing with that confidence. And, you know, McTominay in particular was really, really good. And Fred got a goal. He doesn't often get forward like that. So to see him playing with confidence was really encouraging. And Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire's stature, you know, he, was, he had a very strong season last year, which is slightly under the radar, I think. Mm-hmm. Brilliant at the Euros and started again superbly. And Lindelof responding really well to the arrival of Varane with one of his best performances in a long time. His passing an assist. Fantastic. Yeah, a beautiful assist. So he's obviously upping his game. And then Sancho coming on as a sub. Uh, I know. Now, I, I really hope this move works out in the sense that I have no doubt that Sancho will be a success at United. I just hope that he takes the step above and beyond from where he was at Dortmund because he was superb at Dortmund. And I want him, I really hope he elevates within this team. I mean, that's a big ask to elevate further than being, you know, if you look at the numbers that he's been responsible for over the last two seasons. Right, not so much. elevate not, even higher. Right, yeah, not so much in terms of numbers. more maintaining. Maintaining numbers and maybe kind of like elevating in terms of chemistry. and Exactly, right, is it, yeah. Really becoming a, a focal yeah. point of that team. Yeah, so not so much in terms, yeah, exactly. So not so much in terms of numbers because that's not, I don't think that's possible, but just in terms of like his, his influence on a side that, could do something quite exciting this year mm. if things align for them. So, I quite yeah. like this. I quite liked how Man United looked, to be honest. I think obviously Pogba, even though he was listed as playing like left wing, he was very much drifting in to make a three with Fred and McTominay yeah. to let Luke Shaw overlap. And that's just his best position. Yeah. Pogba playing in the kind of inside left of a, th- well, the left of a three with complementary pieces. We've said this, I think, probably about. Do you remember how he got mocked? Do you remember how it was like, oh my God, why is Pogba, why is Pogba like, not playing superbly and not his favourite position, he should adapt a player of that money. Well, no. If you've got if you've got a watch hand, you don't bury it within the workings of the watch. You put it out front, like it's a watch hand. Like what are you doing? Uh, also, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Bruno Fernandes' hat trick on the opening day of the season just is quite terrifying. Did you see his tweet? Did you see his tweet? I saved this until there were fans back in the ground. I saved my first hat trick for you until I found this. <laughs> This man understands, you know, it's a very good thing this man is not a populist. He'd have us colonizing Mars in two minutes. He'd, he'd, have us on, he'd have me on a plane to Mars. Like this man can convince. In the midst of all of this, an unbelievable goal by Luke Ayling. Oh my goodness. Incredible. Incredible. And I hate goals like that because they're so good and they no one's going to remember them because it was utterly pointless. This felt like a very old school, old Trafford opening day. Like it really did, man. Loads it of really goals, did. loads like, of goals, brilliant goals. 
I kind of expected the, it to cut to the dugout just to see Ferguson there, to be honest. The only thing I would say about this is, oh my God, I don't want to be that person. No, I'm not going to do that. Let me not be negative. Don't. What are you Great. doing? Oh, no, I don't. Just cut, cut, Why do you cut. even go there? No, no, no. I'm leaving it in. I think people need to hear the struggle. No, no, no. The internal you know struggle. The internal. <laughs> oh, but I didn't keep a clean sheet. It's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't even a clean sheet. It was like, it was so perfect. It was so wonderful. And enjoy it then. Yeah, I am. I'm trying to enjoy it. Let me enjoy, enjoy it. it. Leeds yeah, were without enjoy. probably their most influential midfielder. Obviously, Calvin yeah. Phillips wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, you know, just just live in the moment. Yeah, just enjoy it. That's right. Embrace yeah. it. Just Sorry, enjoy just, it, man. Five so one long. at home. I mean, listen. So you saw my weekend, my Friday night. Arsenal playing on a Friday night just ruined the whole weekend. I could. They shouldn't be allowed to play on a Friday night. I could gladly go without an Arsenal game being on a Friday night ever. Shouldn't ever be allowed. again. Yeah. Chelsea, I think fairly routine win over Palace, especially with Patrick Vieira's first game in charge in the Premier League. Chelsea coming on to the back of a very strong week and a very, they're just, they're kind of looking a little bit, to use an NBA term, automatic Chelsea. Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, when they're in a mood like this, are just the most stifling, suffocating team. They mm. close all the gaps, the speed they move the ball, the fluidity of the movement, the fact that Werner, even against a deep line defence, was finding, <laughs> goodness, there was no room, there's no room behind the defence sitting that deep, but Werner still found space. It was kind of like funny, actually. I mean, they were just so impressive. They, and they never really dropped the intensity. Mm. Not, not, not significantly anyway. And Chalabas scored a beauty. That was such a lovely moment. Such a lovely moment. Oh, Premier League debut after... Loved it. Well, how loved long have you been it. at the academy since he was eight? Really that long? Yeah, right, right. All it's been, a, through, long, yeah. been a long time. Uh, love to see it. Senior league debut. Love to see it. Scored an absolute beauty after making his debut in the week. And it was just, you saw how everyone just gathered around him and it, you could tell it was a really emotional moment for everyone. Oh yeah. The confidence as well. The confidence he played with. And I, I said yeah. this many times before, my favourite thing, one of my favourite things about Chelsea's renaissance under Tuchel, the resurgence, renaissance, whatever you call it, Antonio Rudiger's confidence on the ball and just mm. the fact that everyone is just like stepping forward. And you saw that with Chalaba. Chalaba after he scored was just like, Playing almost like a winger at one point. Yeah. If you if you compare this Antonio Rudiger to the Rudiger of a year ago, eighteen months, a year ago, yeah, yeah, I'd say a year. Comparable, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that soon. Yeah, it was that soon. That recently. Yeah. This is like the Rudiger that we saw at Roma and the yeah. Rudiger that we saw in the latter stages of his Stuttgart career. Like, this is the guy that everyone was just like, yeah, this guy's legit. Yeah. Do you think this is a Chelsea squad that still has to? Well, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was out with COVID. So was missing N'Golo Kante, missing Hakim Ziyech, Lukaku. Ben Chilwell on the bench. Callum Hudson-Odoi, Thiago Silva's still there on the bench. The depth, the depth is scary. I want no parts of that. Scary depth. Obviously, they're going to be without Tammy Abraham, who's going to Roma. The, the reason I'm nervous about the move, I'm a bit nervous about it, is because it can so clearly go either way. If, if Tammy Abraham was going somewhere like, Obviously, they've got a Simhen there who plays that role. So they had like a Tammy Abraham going to Napoli. I'd be like hyped or going mm. to Atalanta. I'd be hyped because, you know, the chance creation and you know how they're going to play. You know, there'll be a huge amount of chances and involvement and all of that. But, you know, Mourinho teams generally are such a high premium on finishing. This is why it's weird. Like Dzeko leaving Roma at the time Mourinho leaves because Dzeko is much more Mourinho type forward because he's just hyper efficient. I actually was thinking about this because, sorry to cut yeah. in, but um, there was, um, way. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of, I mean, Arsenal were very, very interested, apparently, according to James McNicholas at The Athletic, and purely because they couldn't move on Lacazette. And I was actually thinking, oh my God, Lacazette is such a Roma Mourinho forward. Yes, yes, much actually. so. Mu yes, 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 very much. I actually think Lacazette at Roma makes a hell of a lot more sense. I agree. But Chelsea would just never have let Tammy Abraham go to Arsenal, I don't think. No, no, no. I really like Tammy Abraham and I think he has all the raw ingredients to be a pretty devastating striker. I agree. You just need to keep feeding him chances until finishing becomes automatic. automatic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at, look at Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. yeah. Calvert-Lewin can't, no, you know, they say he can't stop scoring. It's even worse than that. He can't help himself. Oh, he falls man. out of bed and gets a hat trick. Like this man is comfortable. <laughs> he's com you know, I'm joking. He's comfortable. Looks good right? doing so as well. Yeah, he does. Good looking man. Lovely routine opening weekend for Chelsea. Um, yes, yeah, they look great. As it was with Liverpool away at Norwich. Just handling um, business. I think, uh, although I've got to say, I'm deeply unnerved by Klopp Brilla. <laughs> yes, yes. Which is uh, the German for Klopp without glasses. 
Yeah. Is it like when Captain America grew a beard? In term, not in terms of like the similar effect, but in terms of how it renders a different... It's almost like a variant, isn't he? It's the variant. Yeah, with the TVA. Klopp's an alternate timeline, isn't he? This is it. Yeah, this is... <laughs> the glasses are so iconic. The thing about Klopp is, if you put a silhouette of... Um, if you'd had a silhouette of Klopp with glasses and that sort of famous of quiff on the side of any European building, they'd be like... Most people who knew anything about football would be like, that. we know who that is. Like, it's just Klopp such an iconic... Look. Yeah, yeah. Liverpool, first game of the season. Obviously, Van Dijk back for Liverpool, which is absolutely massive. And it was very routine. Firmino yeah. coming on, scoring, assist by Mo Salah, two assists for Salah and a goal. The first assist, though, I think was, it was obviously a control that looked, I mean, on the replay, I was looking at it, I was like, wow, if he styled that out a little bit more to be like an assist, it would have been <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just very routine for Liverpool. No drama, really. None. Felt like a continuation. You know what it felt like? It felt like the first game after their title winning season. Like in terms of the continuity mm. of like the calmness of it, it felt like almost, I wonder how many games this year or how many teams form are going to be like, it's almost like last season didn't exist in terms of their continuity. I wonder that. I mean, it was a pretty balanced game overall though, I think, which I thought yeah. made it quite interesting. Like Norwich did have their chances, but yeah, they did. Yeah. Alisson didn't have a huge amount to do at the same time. There was only three shots on target for Norwich. Yeah. But yeah, so I think a good, a, a good opening encounter for Liverpool to kind of right. dust off some cobwebs. Where do you want to go next? Quick shout to Watford, actually. Villa, I mean, yeah, that is impressive. Yeah, I want to say that Watford 3-2 over Villa. And the reason why I'm most excited about this, a player I'm really, really happy to see in the Premier League, Emmanuel Dennis. Mm. Who I once referred to as Emmanuel Denis. <laughs> Apologies, Emmanuel. See, he was brilliant for Club Bruges. I caught him a couple of times mm. watching him in the Champions League and I was really excited and I was raving about him and going, you know, I hope he gets a move somewhere else. Went on loan to Köln, I think, and then ended up at, at Villa and scored the opener for them and, and set, on the, set up the second. Um, and Watford got a 3-2 win over Villa. And I like the fact that Villa pulled it back to 3-2 after 3-0 down. Because mm. I think the scoreline of 3-0 would have been too easy for the kind of, the narrative crowd to be like, oh, without Greenwich, they're nothing. It's not true. It's just that Watford have got a really impressive forward line, a speedy forward line that's going to do some damage this year. And I think Dennis is going to, score up you know might score a decent amount this year I think he's got the good tools to do it him and Ismail Assar are going to cause some problems for people this season oh can I say as well before I forget talking about great goals that might go unnoticed John McGinn well yeah unbelievable oh goal oh my god absolutely unbelievable goal the technique oh my god John McGinn's goal was I think it might have been my favourite goal of the weekend actually. it was an Ozil style fade it was a fade it was like a it wasn't actually it was a draw a draw, oh, my apologies. Yeah, of course, my apologies. Yeah, the draw goes, draw goes in, fade goes out. Yeah. So um, If you'd hit it yeah, with draw, his right draw. foot and it had gone the same trajectory, it would have been a fade. You're correct. My apologies. You're very welcome. <laughs> Beautiful finish. <laughs> Top of the box, half volley. I absolutely loved it. And Unbelievable. Again, yeah, we, we had to flag it up because people might forget it otherwise. Uh, quick shout out to Cucho Hernandez. Came on, scored yeah. on his full debut. Uh, apparently he was the first Colombian to score on their debut in the Premier League, which is probably my favourite niche tweet of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he tweeted that, Duncan Alexander. <laughs> uh, sorry, no, favourite niche stat of the weekend, not tweet. It just popped up on Match of the Day. That's great. He's the first Colombian to score in his debut in the Premier League. And I was just like... Awesome. Is he the first Colombian to score in his debut in the Premier League in the 67th minute? You know, it's just like, are we <laughs> yeah, going to yeah. go like... How deep going to go, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, good opening weekend for for Watford yeah Leicester escaped with a 1-0 win over Wolves good win that because they did well Wolves yeah Leicester kind of I don't think they maybe got away with one but I don't it wasn't like super duper convincing from, from Leicester but they'll take no, that no but then again first day I mean yeah. great finish in Vardy who too. cares who cares it's just get the, exactly. get the win exactly. like Everton 3-1 over Southampton massive result for Rafa after I, going goal down going goal down when that goal went in I was just like oh no is Rafa right. going to last till September yeah. Because obviously it's not a very popular hire at all for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah, right. But they were really good, I thought, Everton. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin putting the icing on the cake, 10 minutes to go. Can I just say as well, a shout out to um, Adam Armstrong, only because that move, I think it's from Blackburn. Mm. So he got the opening for Southampton. I think I, I really like to see strikers get off to a great start in the Premier League because there's all that talk about, oh, can they hack it at this level? And it just takes so much stress off. You don't score in your first game. You don't get three, four matches. And then all of a sudden it starts talking. And it was the quality of the finish as well. 
Um, to beat Pickford, one of the best shot stoppers like that in a one-on-one mm. is unreal. But yeah, shout out to Rafa as well. That's a great win for Everton. Bearded Graham Potter. That's that's a curveball. There's actually there were managers doing interesting things yeah, with their although, faces and their clothing. Graham Potter, his beard looks so strange in terms of him <laughs> that it looks like it's kind of glued on for a role. It's very confusing seeing Graham Potter with a bit. I, I'm into it. I think it will, I think I was, excuse the pun, it will grow, grow on me. It will grow on him. I mean, it's working so far. They won their first XG war of the season <laughs> uh, over Burnley, two goals to one. Because um, obviously they went one nil down early on, like James Tark- Tarkovsky scored really early on for Burnley. Yeah. And then two subs, Jakob Moda came on, assisted for nil Mope, like literally yeah. the minute after, if that. And then uh, Alex McAllister came on and two minutes after that scored the winner. So absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. inspired substitutions from from Graham Potter. Um, have we covered everyone from the Saturday? We have. We need to we, shout We didn't out. do Brentford Arsenal. We didn't do Brentford Arsenal chat. We didn't do any of that. Well, we haven't done West Ham Newcastle yet. Apologies, we're skipping over these. We will, it's the opening weekend. It's all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah. West Ham Newcastle was a really fun game, I thought. It was. West it Ham was playing with Enterprise. Mikel Antonio with the number nine shirt. Love it, love it. Wasn't he a right back for a while? Did Lingard radicalise him? Was that the final stage of his radicalisation? Because he played so much fun playing with Lingard. It was almost like, because there was a lot of attacking burden that Michel Antonio had before mm. Lingard arrived. And then when Lingard arrived, all that brilliant run and spacing allowed Antonio to just operate, you know, fully, you know, with big nine energy. And you know what I love about this result? I love it because... West Ham fans, obviously, like this is an away game, but like West Ham fans are like maybe thinking, yeah, they were great behind closed doors, but how will it be when we kind of get out in front of a big crowd? And like, you know, you go to like St. James's Park and it, the atmosphere was something else. Unbelievable. I mean, St. James's Park for the game right. is... Newcastle there, there, there going ahead. Yeah. Better, there are a few better sites in the Premier League than that. I think. This is the thing. And like, I just, I'm really happy for Moyes that they get such um, a compelling away win. I'm mm. really happy about this in, in front of a, sort of a big crowd. I feel a bit sorry for Newcastle fans because they started really well and that yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Sam Maximan was it? I think Vish from the Ramble said uh, he kind of stirred Declan Rice so much he made him risotto. <laughs> <laughs> I really want Newcastle to do well. I do but and also I would take heart because they did go for it early. Like this is the thing they haven't done that. They haven't done that. Like on, on last season's form Exactly. Losing at home to West Ham, I think, on the opening day of the season is no massive cause for yeah. concern. This is what I'm saying. They went for it. Yeah, yeah. I think there were definitely signs of encouragement for Newcastle. Right. And I hope they do okay this season. I really do. Because, I mean, I don't think they'll go down or anything like that at all. But I, I think fans back, hopefully they'll, they'll kind of kick on a little bit from last season. They've got Joe Willock to come in now, which I think yeah, is on yeah. a a permanent deal which is a, big a really big signing for them and I think it'll be a good move for him as well and I think that, that actually that Newcastle side could be really fun this season I agree uh, final shout we saved the, probably the let's say the, the best the most romantic story of the weekend in the Premier League for our last bit which is Brentford yeah Brentford beating Arsenal 2-0 on the opening Premier League fixture of the season the first time that Brentford Community Stadium was full in their return to the top flight for the first time since 1947 Deserved winners, Brentford. Yes, yes, they were. I don't quite think it was the mauling that a lot of people said it was after the game. But I think in the first half, they were super good, which I think is where they won the game, actually. I think, I think yeah. they won the game in that first half where Arsenal just really didn't look together at all. With the intensity, yeah. yeah. They pressed really, really well. A thing that science with quote-unquote lesser pieces have done to Arsenal many, many a time over the last few seasons, no matter the personnel or the manager. Um, Sergi Canos with a, it was a good goal, I thought. I don't think enough people, I don't think people gave him enough credit for the strike. A lot of people just I think, you know why it's because, about It's because Arsenal. of the way the possession was lost. That's why. Yeah. People cloud that. But then, this is the thing, people forget you're hounded into bad decision-making. Like, you know, it was Arsenal's failing and how they dealt with that, but you are hounded into bad decision-making by the quality of the pressing. We have to say mm. this. There was a great Thomas Frank interview before the game he talked about a couple of things that maybe led Brentford to be underestimated. The first was just the intensity of their pressing and just how good they are at that. So it was almost like their greatest strength matched up perfectly with Arsenal's weakness, greatest mm. weakness, the sort of the struggle playing out. Arteta loves playing out, but sometimes doesn't necessarily have the very best players to do it. Mm. 
Does that make sense? And people forget yeah, yeah. in the Premier League, it's about matchups, right? So the first thing, that was the first issue. The second thing he was, he said explicitly, our recruitment policy is not to look for, in quotes, Premier League experience. So you're going to be underestimated because coming together with that, was, oh, they haven't played in the Premier League before. But yeah, but so Canos has scored the opening goal. Canos has played like Spain youth youth team. Like this guy's a youth, a very youthful player. Like to get caps for Spain's youth teams in that era of Spain's youth, you're not a clown, right? No. So there's quality in Brentford and they were also like, they were comfortably the, the biggest scorers in the championship last year. Mm. Brentford can score goals, give an opportunity. I feel like, um, how do I say this? There's a certain segment of Arsenal's online, and I won't say support, I'll say infrastructure, infrastructure that makes a disproportionate amount of noise about the quality of the opposition, where actually the opposition is it's pretty damn good. Like teams are going to struggle. Brentford are going to give a lot, you know, like Union Berlin came up and really hurt a lot of teams mm. and played expansive, you know, play, start playing more expansive game now than they did before, but they're playing expansively and they got a good finish. Brentford could do a similar thing in terms of individual games where teams come up against them and aren't prepared for that press. They're going to hurt them. They'll take points off people this season for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think crucial ones. Yeah, I mean, from an Arsenal point, I mean, from, from wrapping up on Brentford first before we just touch on yeah. Arsenal super quick, but I think that whole occasion was such an amazing yeah, it was amazing. to watch. Yeah. As a, if you were a neutral, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, but taking my Arsenal fandom aside, to return to the top flight after so long, fans back for the first time fully in this new stadium, a big win against one of the Premier League elite, if you like, and to actually sit top of the league on Friday night yeah. was amazing for them. I would never have thought Brentford would have been top of the Premier League ever. And they, were at, they actually spent a night top of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. It's incredible. From an Arsenal point of view, yeah. I thought second half Arsenal were better. There was obviously, like you said, there were a lot of people just like, uh, kind of waiting for this. Yeah. A lot of people inquired about my zen or my well-being, which was very kind. Thanks for looking out, everyone. But, mm. I'll, I'll, but I'll, like I said to you, I think we were talking about it last night or we might have even been talking about it on WhatsApp on Friday. It was just like, it's the first game of the season. Yeah, exactly. exactly. 37 games left. Like, there's 111 points still to play for. You always get weird results at the beginning of the season. Arsenal got loads of players missing. Martinelli's playing. He played in the Olympics last week. Still got Gabriel to come back. The Erdogan thing looks like it's going to happen, I think, because I can't really imagine him going anywhere else. He seemed to really like Arsenal. The price is reasonable. He's been left out of Real Madrid's La Liga squad. Arsenal need creativity. They can't put all of that burden on Smith-Rowe. They had Aubameyang and Lacazette missing. They're two biggest goal scorers. I thought there were positives. Tierney was great. I thought Lacombe yep. looked good. The problem is, that I, th I think I tweeted this, that if Arsenal are getting done like this at the end of September with a fully fit, full strength squad, yeah, that's the problem. Arteta's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll have plenty of times to moan about Arsenal this season, but um, it shouldn't be taken away from what an achievement that was for Brentford and what a great result to start the weekend. Yeah, great to see. Right, we've done a mammoth Premier League thing there. Should we take we a did, quick break yeah. and then dive around Europe? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions. All apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, 
visit jiffylube.com. All right, man. We'll start in the, uh, with the greatest league in the world. Yes, Friday night's Hamburg derby. Oh St. Pauli beating Hamburg. <laughs> that was amazing. Fans back in the stadium. Um, Paris Fowl have only won one of the last nine derbies. But let's go to the Bundesliga proper. Gladbach Bayern drew 1-1 on Friday night, which is actually kind of on... On brand. Gladbach have beaten Bayern, I think, in the last two games at home. They started really well. They actually. did start. They should, have been, they should have been more than a couple up, actually, before Bayern yeah. even had a sniff. They should. But then Bayern did what Bayern do and they got back into it. A couple of big penalty shouts. I thought one was maybe. I thought one was definitely for Gladbach. So right. they were a little bit unlucky there. Well, very Jan unlucky, Sommer actually. is still in Euros form. Yeah, Jan Sommer's a curious one because I think like Jan Sommer is a very good goalkeeper, but he does occasionally just have a massive rick in him. You have to actually, and it sounds weird, but like I remember watching the Euros and going, they're testing him too well. Yeah. Like to beat Jan Sommer, You've got to set up an easier scenario. You have to actually, because he doesn't concede. I've not seen him concede many screamers. No. He's obviously an exceptional shot stopper. And Bayern tested him as best they could, and he was having no parts of it. Mm. It was really, it was superb. Lewandowski's actual finish was, was a lovely goal, actually. And it, it, it takes yeah. something really good to beat him. That's the thing, um, when he's in form like that. So, yeah, Gladbach Bayern. Not the biggest surprises results. The only other two games I wanted to touch on really from the weekend, because we'll cover the Bundesliga in more detail for sure. Yeah. The top spiel de Vocker, the Saturday night game. Borussia Dortmund 5, Eintracht Frankfurt 2. Um, biggest takeaway from this game is that Marco Rosa was wearing shorts. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's totally fine. But honestly, I was... Very, 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 very impressed with Borussia Dortmund. Um, they lost 2-1 in this fixture last season. They played beautifully. Um, beautifully, actually. This was an exhibition. The way that Royce, Hazard, Holland, and Reina combined, mm. specifically for, um, I think, Hazard's goal was, was sensational. The, the way they moved the ball through midfield at speed was spectacular. The way they played out from the back with confidence. I mean, considering In, they've got like some injury yeah. problems at the back, Dortmund, you know, Axel Pixels made his return from injury for Dortmund and was playing as a centre-back. I liked that, actually. I liked it. Yeah, I knew you would, though, because... <laughs> I liked it. I just like the way he fits in. I like the way that he... Pixels a pro. Pixels a yeah, pro, yeah. man. Yeah, it's quietly been brilliant for them for a while now. A couple of assists for Holland and a couple of goals. Yeah, and like assists as in this man was playmaking, fully, fully playmaking, like seeing space, combining well, his understanding mm. with Royce, beautiful. Just such a presence. But the, the, the danger of, I mean, he looked, not that you're doing he looked, like, he looked, he looked, he was unbelievable. He's locked in. People underestimate Holland's love for Dortmund, I think. Mm. There's so much talk about transfer moves. They forget how much people are enjoying the, the actual moment of being a Dortmund player with fans like that. And, you know, it will go slightly under the radar because Holland was so good, but what Jude Bellingham did, Jude Bellingham breaking ground against Eintracht. You know, Eintracht have had some big changes, lost a big goal scorer in the summer, like, but still, like, it's still Eintracht. And Glasner is not a clown when it comes to defensive stuff. Like, he built his rep on defensive heft at Eintracht, uh, at, at, at Wolfsburg. And they were just, they were cut to ribbons time and again. And, the quality of Bellingham's movement, encouragements mm. he's made alongside Darwood. And Darwood is a player that's taken a while to come good at, at Dortmund, but is, he's found his feet, I think, in the last sort of few months. Really, really encouraging. It's the, only the first game, but what was really spectacular, and you, know, you would have seen this as well, there were 25,000 people in that stadium. Ryan, that thing sounded like 80. That, thing, yeah. that, that, that is a normal, yeah. That There's was still no ultras or standing in the Bundesliga at the moment. But yeah, when that kicks in again, that's going to be unbelievable. But um, Really special from Dortmund. Yeah, really impressive. I think a lot of people were looking at this Dortmund side managed by Marco Rosa. And I think because of what happened at Gladbach last season, I think might have been a bit like, mm, well, you know, mm, they're going to finish yeah. top three. Maybe they're going to finish top four. Um, there was a really interesting quote though from Marco Rosa after the game. He said, Marco Royce came to me at one point and said, uh, this is translated by Derek Ray, by the way, the great Derek Ray. He said, Marco, yeah. Rose, uh, Marco Royce came to me at one point and said, coach, let's play 4-2-3-1 because Eintracht are playing differently with a 4-1-4-1. And I, and I said, okay, if the captain senses that on the pitch, then we'll do that. And I like that self-responsibility. 
I really like that. I love it. Because I think they lined up in like a 4-3-3 with like Rayner, Dahoud and Bellingham as the three in midfield, Hazard, Erling Haaland and Marco Royce up top. And they kind of pushed Rayner on a little bit. And I think that really yeah. did work, actually. Rayner, who's now taken Jaden Sancho's number seven shirt. Dortmund then bringing on Daniel Marlin. That's a statement. Statement. Makoko's on the bench too. Makoko's on the bench. They've still got players to come back and they've lost, you know, they've, Sancho is gone, right? Rainer's got the number seven shirt and they absolutely demolish a good Eintracht side. He looked exceptionally comfortable. Rainer and Royce, their combination was wild. The regeneration. It's terrifying. It really is. They're, 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 going, they're going to do, uh, they're going to do some, do some damage this year. You think? That front line, yeah. With that front line, there'll be some spectacular performances from that front line. I mean, I know we said in the, in the Premier League section that, you know, we shouldn't make any sweeping conclusions from the first game of the season, but... The one thing I did think was that Holland looks super in shape, super sharp, and kind of like he's out there to, like, on a revenge mission. It's an absolute cliche, but I'll go there. It's like when Thor gets his new weapon. No, I was going to say with the yellow and black, it's like watching Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he was even even like the wet there where the hair is just drawn back, and this like, mm. and that celebration for the first goal, I was like, this man is locked in. I don't know. Has, I don't know. If, I don't know where that comes. Is it because someone's been doubting him? Has someone been like, what? What is it? I mean, he was on Instagram. He was posting stuff about like working out. He was obviously like getting hyped mm-hmm. for the season. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about him, you know, on and off the field, and he's almost like double. He's doubled down on the work because the attacking fluidity. This is the thing we have to understand. Like people look at Holland, and it's it's not just. He's not just leading the line. He's actually linking up beautifully. Like his assist for Royce, his assist for Royce is worthy of any, any top level 10. The way that he sought space, the way that he mm. spread the field. And he's so acutely aware of how his presence destabilizes defenses. He knows that. This is the thing. He's not, it, it's unbelievable to see a player that young, that accomplished in the art of center forward play, mm. that comfortable. Yeah, I, he's locked in. Very, very special. Um, and Dortmund could do something good this year. I, I mean, think. the intensity of Dortmund was impressive, I think. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think that's the fluidity. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, another key result from the weekend was Mainz beating that's Leipzig wild. in Jesse yeah. Marsh's first game in charge. Well, first league game in charge for, for, for Leipzig. Now, obviously, we're massive Bose fans and ultras. Yeah. But it's really, really important to put the context into this. So you may have heard of it, of people who follow the Bundesliga, but Mainz yep. had uh, 11 players plus three staff members in quarantine. Many of those were starters. They've had just one training session together, four players making their full Bundesliga debut, including two players from the second team. The bench was full of the second, of second team players and they had a goal disallowed. And this is a side that I saw, you know, a lot of people I think tipped Leipzig to win the league this season. I didn't tip them because I can't see where the goals, how do I say this? And this is like, Jesse Marsh is a brilliant manager. Nagelsmann is extraordinary. What he got out of that Leipzig attack is not something that can be easily replicated. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts that have to work to get that Leipzig attack doing what it does. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very fine machinery. And to get that up to speed again, so soon after the departure of such a brilliant manager is very difficult. And I, it's not that I think Leipzig can't get there, it's just that getting them back up to speed in time is not something I think they can necessarily do when you have clubs of the, with the attacking firepower of Bayern and Dortmund. Yeah, I mean, and bear in and mind, this a is big, a Leipzig a side that have added Andre Silva to that lineup. Yeah, but they've lost to Pamecano as well. Like they, and Canate. Uh, and Canate. So it's almost like I, their prospects as a title-winning team, I think are overstated by those who say make it. I mean, for them to beat to, to, to dislodge Bayern and Dortmund, even with those players they still had last year, was a big ask. It's a yeah. much bigger ask now, I think. Um, but it's just a huge result for Mainz. Absolutely yeah. huge result for Mainz. And, Wonderful, uh, yeah. Both Svensson continues to do wonders. Absolute wonders, yeah. Just a massive result. What, what Something in the water result. over there. Yeah. Something in the water over there. Good result for Köln. Beat Hertha in the opening day of the season. Great result for them. There was a very emotional thing at the start because they did a, um, a minute silence for the mm. victims of the floods. Yeah. And you could see visibly emotional. Yeah, that part of Germany got emotional. hit extremely hard by the yeah, severe yeah, yeah. flooding throughout the summer. And yeah, pleased for them that they could get a win. Yeah. 
We'll touch on more Bundesliga throughout the season for sure. Let's go to League 1. Yes. Two results that stood out here. First one, which you flagged up actually in the chat because I wasn't watching this live, was the Nice against Lille. Lille-Nice. The Galtier derby. Wow. Yeah, obviously Christophe Galtier won the league last season at Lille, moved to Nice in the summer. They were 2-0 up in five minutes and they were 3-0 up with a penalty on half time. And Kasper Dolberg got his second, made it 4-0 just after the hour mark. And they had a goal ruled out for offside a few minutes Dolberg, after another that. one bringing the big Euro form. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, got absolutely big. whacked for that second goal and managed yeah. to just like, I think, you know, Come score. To Nice's away kit, the white and gold. Can I see? It looks oof, like a truffle. Nice, I love it. Are, uh, nice are worth keeping an eye on this season, I think, because... We, yeah, yeah, like... They've got some really, really, really good pieces in that side. And they were, they were quite good to watch. Inconsistent, but quite good to watch. Tadiba and Dante at the back. They got Cliver out wide. Dolberg mm-hmm. up front, obviously. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. I like it a lot. Just the narrative. Like, Galtier going yeah. there on the f- opening day of the season and not even giving Lille a sniff. Like, these are the champions. This is the side that pipped right. PSG to the champions, like to the league last season. But to get hammered 4-0 off the, uh, by Nice already, that's a, that is a statement win. Sorry, that's a Musok one go. No, no, but it's lovely to see. There was a lovely, there was a huge uh, thank you banner, mm. which is really nice. So thank you, Galtier banner, which is really nice to see. Yeah. It, it's a cliche when they say like a, a new manager is a new signing, but he is someone who is uniquely able, I think, to galvanize players very quickly. So yeah, really excited to see them run them close. And PSG, PSG, the other game to look at, I think. They were fun, man, I thought. Yeah, two all get, so, sorry, Marseille, two all against Bordeaux. Oh, Marseille showing... Strengths and weaknesses there, attacking flair, but maybe lacking the defensive quality you might expect. PSG interesting because they won 4-2 against Strasbourg mm. and they've had two slightly uncomfortable wins, I would say, yeah. in two games. And no one's shown them that because, much respect. Right, now this, yeah, you've nailed it, exactly. Strasbourg went 3-0 down. At that point, it looked like it could have been 5 or 6. Mm. But then they were like, you know, let's have a go at these lot. And mm. they did it. Now the, the PSG backline isn't up to full strength yet. No, and I mean, did you see the five players that they unveiled before the game who are yet to come into the side? Yes, I did see those players. Did you see those? Um, I don't know if you've heard, but they've actually signed some pretty good players in the summer. No, I'm, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, really? no. They've had quite a good transfer window, I think, yeah. They brought in, um, they brought in um, a South American guy, I think. Let's not labour this. <laughs> <laughs> when have I not done this? Um, so, yeah, I just, I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see. I think the biggest threat could come from these because Gautier is there just because he's there and he's that good. And because I think they've got underrated players in that team who've got a point to prove. There's a lot of players that have got a point to prove. And Nice is also a place that we've seen players regenerate traditionally. Like we see Balotelli come into form there. Mm. Um, Tadebo has finally landed somewhere. He can really just grow after all the turbulence of his loans and whatever before. Clivert's been dotting around Roma, mm. Leipzig, never quite found his feet and he's finally in a place where he can flourish. So yeah, I think it, there's got to be a threat coming. Uh, I don't think the threat's coming from Lyon. Peter Bosch is probably already in trouble. Um, they lost uh, 3-0 to Angers on the weekend and oh, they just don't look great. Man. I don't think yeah, uh, but, but PSG, I think they looked good going forward as well. Like before they, they let a the couple of goals in. Um, yeah. I mean, Icardi getting off the mark is is really big after in the first few minutes because I think he's he's I don't think he'd say his time at PSG has been wildly successful. Mbappe with big forgot about Dre energy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about Mbappe. Yeah, definitely. They don't want to be conceding goals at that rate, but they've obviously got Ramos and Marquinhos. They'll be the first choice centre back pairing, won't they? I don't think they should be because I think Marquinhos should play midfield. I mean, Kimpembe and Ramos at the back will do if you've got Marquinhos in midfield, I think. But that's, like, that's what I think. I yeah. think you need to plug yeah, the gap. Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that you attack the base of that PSG midfield. I think there's trouble, actually. And uh, they've always got Juan Bernat to come back in. He, they reckon they'll be, he'll be available maybe September, I think. So there are, <laughs> there are a lot that's of people important. coming back from PSG. Yeah. Before we wrap this week, let's go to Spain. Yeah. Oh my did you happen to watch the Bordalas derby on Friday night? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch it live, sadly. I wish I had. Wish I had. Valencia beating Getafe 1-0. Hugo Guillemon sent off after, well, it was technically three minutes. I think it happened before that because it went to VAR for ages. The actual foul, I think, was on like 30 seconds or something. 40, 40 seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just read you some stats from this game. 39 fouls. Amazing. Can we say this is on brand? 
for a, for a match involving one of those teams. <laughs> Seven yellows, two reds. <laughs> the, the spirit of the, the spirit of this derby truly lives. It truly lives. Check this. Like <laughs> Valencia won the game one 0 Obviously, they went down to ten minutes super super early. Getafe yeah. had seventy four percent possession. Seventy four. Seventy four. At Mestalla. This game was unbelievable and set the tone. You PhD for, about that. Yeah, you could, yeah. Uh, Carlos Solo got the penalty after 11. The thing was, I don't even think the penalty was a penalty. <laughs> I think it was extremely soft. It's funny how these games, you make a big, you see a big decision given early and another one that almost kind of, not makes up for it, but it's almost like, it's subconsciously like evening the score. Mm. The Guillermon thing, I felt really bad about this. I saw him get the red card. I thought, mm. hey, he, looks, he looks young, this is his debut. Was relieved that he wasn't. Was relieved that he's just signed a big contract. And also, I, I thought the other funny thing about him is he's got big entry energy. Like he starts games big. So he also, this is something I found out as well. And I had a big bit of a look. I didn't know much about him as a player. He scored on his debut for Spain within three minutes of coming of the, of the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, this guy is like, he starts games with intensity. For sure. <laughs> yeah, but he'll be fine. I was, I was so relieved. Honestly, Ryan, I was just like, oh yeah, no, he signed a new contract. He's going to be there for a while. He's going to be okay. Like, you know, because you feel this kind of like protective energy when you see a young player get an early red like that. But yeah, all good. It's going to be fine. And they got the 1-0 win. One other subject of interest, obviously on the Getafe thing again, mm. just in relation to Elena going there, still sad about that. Given that we know that PK took a pay cut to keep, to get players registered, I was just like, oh, if they'd been more proactive, Barca as a club, not the players, but if Barca as a club had been more proactive just after the turn of the year, could they have kept a player that good in the camp? Because as we'll see, like Barca got a great win against Real Sociedad. They've got good, they've got pieces that are good enough to do something quite interesting this season. And Getafe, you know, Eleni could have done something quite useful. He could have done a job there, yeah. I think, I don't think he would have been, he wouldn't have nailed in, like nailed down a starting point or or a starting position or anything like that. Not with that midfield, no. Not with that midfield. The amount of money they let him go for. Yeah. Such a, I mean, I can't imagine his wages were that, that huge either. But I mean, it did mean that they could register the players to play on Sunday night when they beat uh, Real Sociedad. Really impressive, this. If, do you know what? Life after Messi is like you said earlier. I think um, yeah. there was a lot of badge kissing. Yes. Uh, Martin Brathwaite. Another player that had a very good year, had a great Euros. Had a great Euros, got a man, man of the match this weekend. He bagged a couple of goals. He set up the goal for Sergio Roberto as well at the end after Jared Pico opened the scoring, assisted by Memphis. I think... Hmm. Yeah, dude. We'll amid, amid, dude, can I just say we'll, this? We'll see. We'll see. They'll oh, be no, no, fine, no, 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 no. We're, we're forgetting something important. Barca have a midfield of Busquets, Pedri, Pedri and Frankie De Jong. Uh-huh. That, that, that is, that's that's a problem, Ryan. That's a serious problem for most. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not wild about seeing Pedri play ninety minutes. I'm not going to no, lie. But I'm also here for it. Um, I know what you mean in that sense of like you know the, the fitness and whatever. But but a midfield three of Busquets, De Jong, and Pedri mm-hmm. is 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 not to be sniffed at or trifled with. And a front three actually of Brathwaite, Depay, and um, and Griezmann they complement each other beautifully. This they do the, actually. The kind of, yeah. They stay out of each other's way. Yeah. They occupy yeah. very different pockets. You know, Griezmann defensively outstanding in the front three, which is an underrated skill. Then you've got um, Depay who can roam in these pockets and play with fluidity. And Brathwaite is supremely unselfish, but also gets in goal scoring position. It's a really great front three. I really like it, actually. I really, I think it's got a lot of goals in it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Real Sociedad had no slouches, obviously, but I think... The reason um, why Barca have limited sympathy is because people look at the actual players they still have and they're like, mm, that's pretty awesome. And actually, shout out to Gerard Piquet, who not only took the pay yeah. cut, scored the opener, went on Twitch for two hours after the game. Did he? He's going to try, yeah, he's going to try and do this. He said, he'll try to do it after the match. Every away match will be difficult, but he went on Twitch for two hours, already got like over 200,000 followers and just talked very openly about the game and answered questions. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, this is, this is Was it all so in Spanish as well? Thoughtful. Yeah, but um, shout out to Diana Christine who translated some of the Twitch. Nice. And just really interesting in terms of PK talking about, yeah, like... Um, I'd love to chat to you, could take, game, man. you can take, oh, who wouldn't? You can take fans for granted not being in the stadium, but the noise they bring, the energy they bring, it's really exciting. I just thought it was, you know, the leadership that he has shown has been really inspiring. For I mean, you know, when you're not the main breadwinner in the household, 
<laughs> this is the truth. Easy to say. The pick up, right? As someone, <laughs> I think a number of people rightly pointed out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, this is probably as good as you would have expected the first weekend for Barca to go. Um, against, yeah. you know, a good Real Sociedad side. Um, it was a really good weekend for Sevilla. Eric Lamella came on yes. as a substitute and scored two on his, on his debut. Even scarier than Lamella scoring twice on his debut was how comfortable Papu Gomez looks. Yeah. He looked extremely comfortable as the playmaker there. I mean, yeah. you'd look comfortable in that kit though. Look at that kit. Yeah, true. What a beautiful kit Sevilla have got this season. They're going to do something quite something. I mean, we said it. Yeah. We said it. I genuinely think there's a four-team title race this season in La Liga. Absolutely. From the jump. Yeah, given that, given, you know, Atleti grinding out that win 2-1 against um, Figo. Oh my God, on the most like Atleti start of the season, Suarez <laughs> coming on, going down at the end. He, to, to be fair, he did get absolutely whacked. Um, and it started <laughs> yeah, a yeah. mass brawl which saw Hugo Mayo get sent off, Mario Hermoso get sent off. I thought the handball on Marcus Llorente was a little bit harsh, I have to admit. Bounced up off the knee, off his chest, onto the hand. I think it was a bit like... We've seen so many strict handballs given. That, though, you're almost, well, you're almost was, used to yeah. them though. When you see these strict handballs the last like 18 months, you become almost mm. like they've almost normalised. One I want to say very quickly on, on, on the title race, on the fourth membership of that, so Sevilla, Atleti, Barca, but also Real. Real with a four and against Alaves. Alaba is in there now, got his first assist for Vinicius's fourth and final goal. Hazard with a spectacular assist for Benzema's opener and Benzema's locked in. Hazard looks hungry again. The thing that I'm really encouraged about from a Real Madrid point of view is if you look at that front three now, Eden Hazard, Karim Benzema, Gareth Bale. Bale start in the first game of the season under Ancelotti. It's interesting, isn't it? Ancelotti actually loved Bale, didn't he? I think his yeah. first time round. Yeah. Um, we won for him. Exactly. That's one, of, that's one of those ones where there's a conversation. That's one where there's like, the moment actually gets a job, Bale's like one of the first people I think he has a kind of, mm. even if it's a text message, but some form of communication with just to be like, oh, you've had a difficult time. Um, things are going to improve. Like that, you can imagine that being a kind of situation that Angelotti just gets in touch and sort of says, this is how I see your role being. Mm. Yeah, that's- uh, They look good, man. I that's encouraging, yeah. I thought yeah. they look good. So yeah, opening weekends. Uh, we've got Serie A next weekend. Yeah, the first few weeks we're going to kind of just try and cover as much as possible and then once everything settles down a little bit we'll start focusing more on game by game I think absolutely but should we get out of here let's do it let's bounce um, so yeah we hope everyone's staying safe and well and hanging in there uh, don't forget to check Wrighty's house that'll be up on Wednesday you can follow us on Twitter at Stadio Stadio Football on Instagram don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify playing out this episode on you know because it's the new season Yes. Everyone can win. So we're playing that one. You can win. By you can. You can do it, people. You can do it. Yeah. Much love, everyone. Anything else to add, Musa? No, it's all good. Oh, it's all good. Music to my ears. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday, everyone. Take care. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.